All right, I am going to record it again. This is at least my introduction for this. So if you want to go back and listen to it, if something is confusing and you want to go back and listen to it, if you're finishing this up over the weekend, which happened in my other class, a lot of them got through the calculations but didn't get to work on the graphing. So if you want to go back and hear exactly what I said, you'll have that option. I'll have that, have that up and available. But this is actually uh, going to be considered a lab for two weeks worth. So it's actually a 20 point lab, so you do turn it in. This part is graded in addition to it. It's going to be this week's, because next week we don't have a lab either. So there is no lab next week, not meeting Friday, right? So nobody will be here Friday, unless you want to come in on Friday. I won't be here, but if you want to come in, I'm sure everything will be locked up. So I'm actually going to grade it, and it will be a double lab, so I would like to have it back. That means I'd like to have it back at the exam on Monday if you can. So as much as you can get through now is great. And if you need to continue it, you're welcome to. You don't need to turn it in today. Four. There you go. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a couple examples of the calculations to show you exactly what you're doing. And then um, to go through an example of how you do the, what to do with the graphing and then I'm going to let you go and work the rest of the lab and I'll be here walking around. I'd like you to get the calculations done so that I can make sure you've got everything right because when it comes down time to write this up, I'd rather have you spending time working on the write-up of it than I want you to spend time tearing all your hair out trying to figure out how to do the calculations. So I'd like you, that's the whole idea of this is that once this is done and graded, I want to know that everybody has a good set of calculations for my numbers that I give you and has two good graphs. So that portion of your lab is almost done. And then you can concentrate on writing an introduction. That's not too bad. A conclusion, which is on the second sheet here, which actually is, you, ha- you got a copy of this before or very similar. I, it's modified a slight bit from the one I originally handed out for you, but it's pretty much exactly, pretty much the same. Which just breaks down what I'm looking for in your write-up. So an introduction, your data. So you've already gotten up to 15 points for your data if you've turned in all three times. If you've turned in, you've gotten up to 15 points. You can still get 15 more points when I grade it for the rest of the lab. Um, So that's the data. The graphs that we're going to be working on this are 25 points. So that's 55 points of it are pretty much hopefully be done here. Then the big thing is you can work on the introduction, the conclusion. Usually not too bad for people. Usually they can come up with most of the information there. And the analysis is what I want you to really work on. That's where a big chunk of the points are for this project. When you do this, a couple of things that people miss on it, and I don't, want, I don't like to penalize at the end. I want to try to tell you now what you need to do so you're not just surprised, penalized at the end for missing something. I am, I'm giving you a set of data here that you're going to use in graph. I do want you to turn that in when you turn in the project again too. So I'm doing this slightly different than I've done before with those who have been through the class, uh, through the 103 class. But I'm going to have you graph all that data and then I'm going to have you graph yours on the same plot. So you're going to plot mine. This is where everything should have been. That's right. This is all correct. The dumb data sheet that I'm giving you that's on the third sheet. That's all correct. So when you do those calculations and plot it, that's exactly where the sun should have been. Then plot your points and see how they, how they work. So eventually at the end, and I'll show you what I've got here. This is actually this whole year's worth of classes. I've got about three. I'm pushing 400 observations that I've recorded. So these are the things you've turned in over the semester that I've recorded for your class and for previous classes. And if you graph them, you know, the red line is where the sun actually was each day of the year. The blue dots are what students measured for the altitude of the sun. So they certainly got the right pattern. We watched here back here in January. Sun was very low in the sky. Went up real high during the summertime. Summer classes, 
you take it during the summer, you don't get to see a lot of change. The sun didn't change a whole lot during the course of the summer. It's really up at the peak. And now it's coming back down, and these are measurements that my classes have made this fall. So all of these, your, your numbers may be in there someplace. That, that's all the data that you've made. So we've actually been able to determine, you know, over the course of this year, how the sun has moved. Started out very low, went up, came back, came back down. But that's what I want you to do, is you're not going to have all those numbers. You're going to have my numbers to plot this portion of the graph. So all you're going to be looking at is sort of this portion of the graph. That's for this semester. So you're going to be able to plot the red line would essentially be my numbers. And then your points would be like the blue dots. You know, how close did they come? They're pretty close in most cases. Some of them are way off. Anything that was really wacky out there, I did delete certain ones that were way out of line. Something was really long that you, you know, had something really off in your measurements. I didn't include those. I included ones that were reasonably close within about five degrees of where they should have been. But that's something like what you're going to look at at the end when we do, when we do the graphs. The other thing that people forget, and I did not put the questions back on here, but they're on the initial sheet that I gave you way back on August the 20th, when we first started, just last week, or forever ago, depending on your, depending on your interpretation. But there was a set of, I gave you all the instructions. It had how to make the measurements. It had some, some information on the write-up. And it had some sample questions in there to be answered as part of your write-up. That is a part of what I'm looking for in your analysis. And that's about half your analysis grade. So if those questions aren't answered in there, which I've had people do, it's like 20, 25 points that you end up missing for not doing. So make sure you go back to that original sheet. If you don't have it, it's up on D2L in the very first lesson one. You can go get it still. I left it up there. So you can go back to lesson one on D2L, get a copy of that and print it out. Make sure those questions are answered as part of your analysis. Not a numbered set. I do want it written, you know, in more of a formal format. Not a, not a specifically, uh, not any specific you know, guidelines or anything, but I don't want you to write, you know, he'll hear you ask five questions. Here's one, two, three, four, five. I want you to work them into the paragraphs. So as a discussion, discuss the answers to the various questions that I've given you, not like a set of homework questions. But do make sure. That's one thing that people do miss. And 20 points out of 120 is a big, a big chunk. And it, it, it cuts your grade. So I don't want you to I'd rather have you at least have the attempt on, on any of those questions. And then I said a conclusion. So what I'm going to go through now is I'm going to go through a couple example calculations as to how to go about doing this. So I'm going to use the data sheet here, which is your third sheet. And yes, the numbers are from 2011. They have not changed. The sun really does the same sort of pattern every year. So I didn't bother to update the dates. I'm just using the same numbers. Yours will fit in with this just fine. It won't change, it won't change really anything about how the, how the sun has moved. So what you do is there's four columns you've got to fill out. right? You, your data should have you know, your observations. You should have all of these numbers and missing this. My data table, of course, that's what I've given you. So there's four columns. We've got to fill, figure out column one, two, three, and four, and fill all those in to get the numbers that we're going to be able to graph. The first step is to get what we call the tangent of theta. That is, theta is the sun's altitude. So this is a trigonometric function. If you've ever had trigonometry, it has to do with the opposite side over the adjacent side. I'm not going through all the trig on it. I just want to give you the, just get you what you need to do to get the calculations. I'm not teaching the math class to teach it to you. But you've got to do a little bit for the calculation. Now to get that, it's a very easy number. The first calculation is very easy. Because all you're doing is taking the height of your object, whatever that was, and dividing it by the length of your shadow. Do make sure they're in the same units. 
So if for some reason you measure the height of your object in inches and the length of your shadow in centimeters, you've got to convert one to the other. You can't divide inches by centimeters. You've got to have them in the same set of units. As long as they're in identical units, you just divide those two. So 20 divided by 11.2 is 1.79. And that's all you need for the first column. Boy, we love that one. That's nice and easy. All you got to do is divide those two numbers, go straight down there. 20 divided by 12.4, 20 divided by 13.7, boom, all the way down to 20 divided by 39.3. Boy, look how much longer that shadow got by the end of the, end of the year. Okay, so very easy to get. All you got to do is divide those two numbers. Nice and easy one. The next step is you want to take what you got here and you got to get rid of that tangent function. So you have to invert the tangent function. That's the, that's the fun one. It's a, bu it's a button on your calculator. It'll, you should have a, a scientific calculator will have a tangent button and there may be a second function or an inverse key that you push in conjunction with it. So you would push second function tangent with this number in there and that would give you this value. Might be inverse tangent, depends exactly on the calculator. If you're not sure, I can come, I'll come around after I've gone through the examples and I can look and sort of guide you through it. But if you take the 1.79 and use this inverse tangent button, you should get 60.75 degrees. Now, if you take that 1.79 and push that button and you get something, oh, 1.1, 1.2, you didn't do anything wrong, it just means your calculator is set up in the wrong units. It means it's set up to convert angles in radians. Some of the calculators default that way and if you never use it to calculate degrees or anything, you'd never notice the difference because everything else calculates just fine. So if you're doing this and you put this number in and you get, you know, 1.1 something and you're wondering what did I do wrong, you didn't. You didn't, we just have to convert it. And I can show you how to go through, most of the calculators are relatively easy to switch from radians, which is what it, it's calculating in, into degrees. So we can go ahead and we'll find out how to switch that. So if you're getting that number, we've got to just show you how to change your calculator in from one set of units to another. Finally, so we got that up, that's the next column. So 60.75 is the altitude of the sun. Meaning that at noon on that day, the sun was a little over 60 degrees above the southern horizon, about 60 degrees up. You know, 90 degrees would be straight up, 60 degrees about two-thirds of the way up. Question? What if that number's off by a little, because I just did it and I got 60.80? That sounds about, it's, it's a matter of just round where you kept the, where you rounded the numbers. Oh, okay. So it, will, it won't matter. If you put 1.79 in, you might get something different. When I did my calculation, of course, I just divided this and then I immediately did inverse tangent of the big long number. Oh, okay. so. But yeah, you, you might get slight differences as long as you're showing the right general vicinity. If you're getting, you know, 55, something's wrong. If you're getting 75, something's wrong. But if you're getting things that are off in a tenth in the decimal, that's just a matter of where, where everything got rounded off. Okay, so 60.75, that's how high the sun was. What we're really looking for is how far it was above or below the celestial equator. That's the declination. That's the next column. In order to determine that, we need to know where it was. How high? We know that. We just figured that out. And we're going to get the declination. We take that number we just got and we subtract 49.75 degrees. 49.75 degrees is how high the celestial equator is above the horizon here in Harrisburg. So if you're making observations in this area, this is correct. If you went down to Florida to make an observation, that won't work. If you went up to Canada and made an observation, that won't work. If you're 
20 minutes north of Harrisburg, it won't make a difference. If you're a half an hour south or east or west, it won't make any difference. You know, unless you're traveling hours to get here, it's not going to make a difference in, in the altitude. And you'd have to be traveling and traveling north or south. If you're just traveling east or west, it actually won't matter. And if you take 60.75 and subtract 49.75, you should get 11 degrees. So the declination of the sun on that day, first week of class, would have been about 11 degrees. It would have been above the celestial equator. It's positive. That's good. If you get a negative number there, something's wrong. Because in the summer, the sun should be above the celestial equator. It should cross it right around the 21st. So a hint, when you get down to number 5, you should get maybe not 0, but something very close to 0. Maybe slightly above or slightly below. And that's the end of the calculation for the first one. The last column is change in declination. We'll look at that in just a second. But you can't get a change out of one number. So we don't know how fast it's changing because we only have one observation. We've got to get a second observation to be able to do that. Now, do this, I'm going to do the second one again, same way. Just got the numbers up here for you. That, so we can do the change in declination calculation. So first step is the same. Take 20, divide it by 11.4 and get about 1.61. Inverse tangent of 1.61, bring that down. You should get an altitude of the sun of 58.2 degrees. Let me put those up here for you. What did I say? 1.61 and 58.2 degrees. And then we take that 58.2, subtract 49.75, and get about 8.45 degrees. Again, your numbers might be slightly off in the calculation just depending on where you round things. If you write down each step and then put the numbers back in again, they'll vary a little bit. But you shouldn't be getting things that are off by more than a tenth or two in the degrees. If you're getting things that are off much further than that, there's probably something else wrong in your calculations. So now we need the last column. Now we can actually get a change in declination. How much did the declination change between those two observations? Well, it ended up, it, the last observation, it was 8.45 degrees. Subtract the previous observation, so 8.45 minus 11, and divide that by how many days there were between the observations. That's not so important on mine, although you'll need it to do the graphs properly, but it makes a big difference on yours because all of mine are spaced out seven days. I did it nice and easy, right? Seven days apart. Well, I'm sure the weather cooperated with you and your work schedules and everything else and worked so you could do everything, you know. Uh, every Tuesday at noon, I can make the observation. Well, the weather, you know, we had a hurricane a couple weeks ago, so you really couldn't. So mine are all evenly spaced out. Yours won't be. You'll have three days between them, 10 days between them, 20 days between them, depending on, you know, what happened. And if you let the sun change its altitude for 20 days and you compare that to when it changed in two days, that's a big difference. Right? It's going to change a lot more in two days than 20 days than it does in two. So we're getting an average. We're figuring out how much it changed in that time period and we're averaging out the number of days to figure out what the average is. So in this case you'd take 8.45, subtract 11. Yes, it'll give you a negative number. That just means the declination was getting smaller and smaller. So your changes are going to be negative almost until you get down to the bottom. You'll get a slight positive one where it actually turns around and starts to come back up at the end. So 8.45 minus 11 divided by 7 gives you 0.36, negative 0.36 degrees per day. 
So that's what you do with the calculations. First column is very easy. Second column is not hard once you figure out exactly what your what buttons to push on the calculator is very easy. Subtract a number, do the change in declination, again divide it by the number of days and get your answer. And you're going to do that for the rest of the columns. Fill, fill that out and I'm going to, I'll take a look at those and grade them. Now if you fin- I'll look at them as you're going, I'll come around as you're working on them. And if you need time to finish it, if you need to take it with you, that's certainly fine. I'm not going to, you know, require that it be done. I don't know. My other class didn't come cl- didn't finish most of the calculations by the end of the lab period, but didn't get into the graphing as much as they could have. So hopefully we'll get a little bit further this class. For the graphing, I'm just going to give you the basic sketch outline of it here so you have a little bit of the information. Um, this is what, this is actually, I've combined two graphs together here for you. But you're going to set up the bottom scale exactly the same on both. So I want you to you know, label it with date. You know, what are you plotting there? And you're going to start where it says zero. Start with August 24th. That's the first number I gave you and that was just a couple days after we started class. If you were one who really jumped in and did it or did classes earlier, that's going to leave you, you might miss your first observation, might be off the graph is the only thing. So if you really jumped in and did an observation, you know, one of the first couple days, it won't be on there. But anything starting the 24th actually will fit on the rest of this graph up through December the 7th. So that's going to be the same for both of the two graphs. I've given you two pieces of graph paper. There's two graphs we're going to be making. And both of them are going to have exactly the same column, same, same x-axis. 824 through 127. Now you'll note the divisions on the bottom. It's unusual graph paper in that there's little six little dividing lines between each on the bottom, not like four or five, which is typical. And that means it works out for each day of the week. So when you're counting the 24th, this is the, thir- this is the 31st. If you made an observation on the second, you just got to count in the little lines. Then there's the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and your next major line is the seventh. So each of those is one day. So that's kind of nice in terms of, that's why I use that graph paper, is it makes it very easy to do the counting and you're not trying to estimate, you know, where would Tuesday be on this, on this graph. Now, on the y-axis is going to be different. We're going to be plotting the declination, which is the next to last column. And you're going to be plotting the change in declination. So there's two graphs you're going to turn in. So what you're going to do is the green part is for change in declination, is for the declination. You want to start at 20, negative 25, down at the bottom. So at the very bottom there, that line right by the zero going upwards is going to be negative 25 degrees. Well, the declination of the sun can only get down to negative 23, so that's going to be just fine. You're not going to get anything off that. Each major mark is 5 degrees up. So 20 degrees, 15, 10, 5, up to zero, and then plus, up to plus 25. That will easily fit every number on my data in, in, in your graph. So you'll be able to fit everything that I give you in there. Each individual line within these is then going to be one degree. So 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. So you're counting, when you're plotting it, it makes it very easy. I've tried to set this up to make the graphing as easily as I, easy as I can for you. So that's what you're going to get on those. those are going to be, each of those little lines is going to be one single degree. For the second graph, which is the change in declination in degrees per day, you start with negative 0.5 and go up to positive 0.5. Almost all of your numbers will be negative. You'll just be using the bottom half of the graph, but that makes it still a lot easier to plot. 
You don't need to use the whole graph for it. So negative 0.5, again, each major division will be negative 0.5, negative 0.4, 0.3, 0.2, 0.1, 0, and so on up to positive 0.5. So you do each of those two graphs, and I want you to plot my numbers, so what the calculations you get here, what answers you get for the declination column and for the change in declination column, plot those, see what you get. You should get a nice smooth line. Your first point is on the 24th and was 11 degrees, so it's up here someplace. Your next one is on the 31st and is about 8.5 degrees. So that would be 5, where are we, 10, 8.5, somewhere in, you know, somewhere up in there roughly. And if you plot them all, you'll get some nice curve. Should be declining through the entire semester. Out to December 7th, it should be getting lower and lower. So. Plot my points, connect them with a nice line. They should be a nice smooth line. If you get anything on mine that sort of zigzags up and down much, you probably did something wrong with that calculation. We'll want to look at that one again. But mine should give you a nice smooth line. And then what you can do, and, that, this is, and that's, that's where you end for what I need for the lab portion. That's what I want you to turn in that I'm going to check. You can either turn yours in with your numbers on it, or you can wait and do that with the project when you turn the project in on the 30th. But this is all that I'm looking for now is that I want to see the graph like this with my data and the calculations with my data. I want to know that you've got all that and that you're comfortable doing it. By the time you turn it in, I would like to see your numbers on there if, you have, if you've made observations. So you should plot in, you know, on the same graph paper, you made an observation on the 7th and you got, you know, zero degrees. You were right there. Maybe a little bit later you were here. Maybe here you were here. Put your observations on there in another color. Don't try to connect the lines on yours. There are enough errors in your measurements. As good as you try to make them, there are errors in them, and that's fine. So don't try to connect them because the sun didn't zigzag up and down like that. It did change nice and smooth. So it's not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about your observations, but it means just see how did they compare. And what you want to do in part of your analysis is, you know, how did they compare? Was I always way up here? Could that be some kind of, was there some systematic error? Did I do something really wrong that I was always higher or was I always lower or was I just all over, was I just all over the place altogether? So you would be able to compare them and that's sort of what I showed you on there. Now the other thing, before I turn you loose on the rest of it, is that you may find that some of your numbers don't fit on the graph, especially on the second graph. You may find some, the change in declination is a very difficult graph to do just because little errors here get so magnified in that graph. So you may find some where your point is way off the scale up here, where you have one that's, you know, you've got a point that's way up there someplace. And that's all you need to do is just put like a little arrow that says, you know, there's a point, it's way up off the scale. Don't try to rescale the plot so that your point that said the declination was 40 degrees fits on it. Just put a notation that it's there. Boy, did I mess up something on that one. Don't worry about it. Go on to the next plot. And that's why I like this because it gives you a chance to compare, you know, how good did you do? Did you do some real good observations? Were they all off in one direction or another where maybe we can find out what was done wrong? <coughs> so the rest of the lab period you have to work, you have to work on this. I say I will come around and make sure you're getting through the calculations right. I would like you to get through at least the calculations right now. Make sure you have those right. If you're not comfortable with graphing and you want to do part of it and start part of the graphing so you have a chance for me to look at both of them with you, I will be more than happy to. So I'll be happy to check both of them. If you don't finish it and you want to take it and bring it back on Monday, that's perfectly fine. You know, if you don't finish it here, I'm not, don't, don't stress yourself if you're running behind or having trouble and not getting it done. You can, you can bring it back on Monday as well. But it is going to be a 20-point lab, so don't forget, don't forget it. I do want to grade it, look at it, 
give you the credit, and 90 percent, 90, 90, 95 percent of the time, it's 20 points out of 20 points. So, don't not do it because it's part. It's going to be include towards. It's going to help you on your project, and it's going to be 20 points here towards your lab grade, which is essentially this week's lab and next week's lab when we're not meeting. So, questions, questions. Otherwise, I say I'll be around. I've got some papers to hand back, and then I'll be around to check and see how things are things are going. <laughs>